welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. And on today's episode, I've got a really fun topic. I've got one that, you know, is pretty inspiring to me and kind of one of the, I guess big reasons why I continuously am trying to like tweak on the truck and work on things and improve things. And that is that as I get more experience, I see things like necessities, things that are are issues with my current setup. And that encourages me to kind of invent stuff. Um, I've always been one of those people, even when I was a kid where like, I was always trying to invent stuff. I remember when I was in like second grade getting in trouble because we built little tubes out of paper and built little baskets out of paper. And that was our trash cans. We built our own trash cans taped them to the side of our desks and our teacher was like you're just ruining paper and like making a mess so don't do that but like I just remember thinking that was like the coolest thing ever because I was tired of having to get up and go to the trash can instead I had my own little garbage disposal chute and bin that I could empty once a day I mean it wasn't all that more convenient right but like in my mind as a as a second grader I thought man this is I'm just so smart this is just such a cool way to solve this problem and I've kind of had that mentality for a long time I grew up in southern Indiana and and went camping pretty much every weekend and we'd just hike out into the woods and the quarries and stuff and find a spot and we didn't have a lot of gear or money because you know my parents thought it was stupid and they weren't gonna you know buy me super expensive nice stuff so we had you know like really crappy 50 degree sleeping bags and you know that was about it and then you just go out and lay a tarp on the ground and like go to sleep that was what you did um but again so I solved a lot of problems right I learned as I got older how to solve certain problems how to you know hey it's raining now let's take that tarp off the ground and let's make a lean-to out of it you know like as you start to have these necessities as you start to to experience have more and more experience and learn where problems are going to arise then it, it gives you ideas especially if you're cheap like me to come up with inventions and things like that different inexpensive or you know smarter than than what you can buy ways to solve those problems um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Like, you know, things like my do-it-yourself Unistrut roof rack that solved a problem for me, didn't cost a lot of money, and was a lot of fun to kind of engineer how am I going to solve this problem without spending 1500 bucks on a on an aftermarket roof rack. My drawer system, right? That was another thing that solved a bunch of problems for me. Um, removing my rear seat. You know, most of the time I go by myself, so I took out half the 40% half of my rear seat or the 40% of my 60-40 split in the rear of the Xterra to give myself, you know, eight inches more depth to, to store stuff down in there. Um, my solar panel solved, you know, keeping the battery topped off, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's there's a ton of things that I've learned over the last four or four or five years that I've been overlanding and camping and learning about this stuff that have kind of necessitated inventions. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Again, as always, I want to hear from you guys too because I know that I'm not the only person that's coming up with inventions and creations to solve problems, right? So I want to hear what you guys have been doing because it can all help us like get new ideas for, for cool stuff that we can do. I have another new one that maybe I'll talk about at the end here. I haven't really told anybody about this, but it's it's a pretty cool idea that I, I think is cool. It's probably super janky and ghetto, but... Um, Maybe I'll throw that in at the end as a bonus. So if you listen all the way to the end, if you watch on YouTube all the way till the end of the episode, I'll give you a bonus at the end about my new sort of idea for something that I'm I'm trying to engineer a solution for. Um, so we'll get to that. Before we dive into the episode, of course, wanted to mention my featured partners, uh, Rugged Bound Supply Company. There's a link in the description below. They are who makes my tent, which is super amazing, like amazing quality, like super nice tent. I love this thing and I actually literally foresee using this like on this rig, my next rig, and probably the rig after that. 
Like it is bomb proof, right? It's it's just amazing. And they have awnings and roof racks and all kinds of stuff. So if you're looking for really high quality gear um, from a really great guy that will take great care of you, Theo, um, you should definitely check them out through that link in the description below. Uh, last US bags. Again, amazing quality bags for overlanders. They are constantly coming out with new innovations. They are a great example of people inventing stuff to solve problems. They've got waterproof shoe bags now that look to be amazing quality and can be, even be used as like backpacks and stuff. Like they've got a mesh bag that the bottom of it zips closed so it can be just like a normal duffel bag. But then if you have wet clothes or shoes or something, you can put them in there. You can unzip the bottom of it and it's got mesh in the bottom of it so it can let the water sort of drain out and let air up into it and help dry stuff out. It's awesome. Um, but so again... Cool small company that does really amazing stuff, really cool stuff for overlanders. Um, that link in the description will actually take you to our next featured partner's uh, website because he sells their stuff. But that guy is Overland Addict. Um, again, online store. He's also got a physical store in uh, Missouri, which is amazing. I've seen it. It's so awesome. He had his grand opening not too long ago, and it's just super cool. But this guy's an overlander himself. He believes in like really good gear, like top line premium type stuff, partner stoves and scottles and all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for any sort of gear, definitely click through that link in the description below and go check him out. And then last but not least, Northology Adventures. Um, these guys do like custom made trips and they take people on expeditions basically through like wisconsin michigan area um so definitely click through that link below and check out all the events that they've got going on because they're amazing they also have a free monthly digital overlanding slash off-road you know outdoors magazine which i've written for a number of times it's it's super super cool right so definitely check that out as well um because they've got some awesome stuff so but let's dive into the episode All right, so as I mentioned, I want to kind of talk about sort of necessity and experience and how that can impact your desire, I guess, to invent solutions for problems. Uh, as always, I'm going to kind of break it up into a few different sections. Um, I'm going to talk about the size of your rig and storage problems, challenges, if you will, and sort of the solutions that I've come up with for that. And again, I'd love to hear from you guys in the comments below what kind of you've done or what your thoughts are on, on what I say. Um, Second, reliability issues. So, you know, kind of how do you come up with inventions and how do you come up with new ideas to increase your reliability? Do you take spares with you? Do you, you know, add solar like I did for like to keep your battery topped off, like that kind of stuff? How do you overcome reliability challenges when, you know, long-term traveling? And then third, environmental challenges, right? There's a ton of these from down trees to rain to snow to weather, you just all kinds of things, right? Terrain, the trips that you want to take, the spots that you want to get to. All that kind of stuff. So I'm going to kind of go through those three parts here on the rest of the episode. So let's start with size of the rig and sort of storage uh, challenges, right? So the cool thing about this is everything's going to be different for everyone, right? Um, if you have like a Toyota Sequoia or a, a Land Cruiser or something like that, a, you know, a Lexus GX. Actually, the GXs are fairly small. I guess they're, they're a little bit bigger than my Xterra, but not by much. Um, you know, things like that that are really, really big, then you have less challenges than like I would, for instance, in an Xterra or maybe someone in like a Cherokee, a Jeep Cherokee XJ, like 2000, like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands Cherokee. Those things are tiny, even tinier than my Xterra. Um, so, you know, those present a lot of challenges when you're overlanding. The goal is to be out there, you know, presumably as long as possible, right? Like you want to go on a three, four five plus day trip. 
Um, and you want to be dependent on your rig. That doesn't mean that you don't ever stop anywhere or pick up food or anything like that, but you know, mostly you want to be able to rely on your rig. So the size of your rig can have a big impact on how much stuff you can store. So through that experience, right, of having an, an Xterra, which is a five-seater basically with a little room behind the, the seat, um, I have, you know, over the last few years developed systems and inventions and things like that that allow me to overcome those challenges. So the kind of the ways that I have solved it, right? So I, I immediately, from the get-go, had some Plano crates that I was using and things like that. But even with that, I, I had like three or four of them. And I was constantly like, I had to take them all down from like crazy storage places, like up above my garage, in the attic, in the basement. And like, I, you know, I'm, I'd like to say I'm organized, but I'm really not. Like I, I grab stuff and I use it and then I throw it back to get rid of it. I store it somewhere, but I don't like have a great system, which if you do, then good for you. I recommend it. I'm not saying to do what I'm, I'm saying here. I'm just telling you what I do. Um, but that, that really didn't work for me, right? Like it was... A lot of my trips are, it's Friday midday, and I'm like, man, I'd really love to go camping this weekend. And my wife is like, well, you know what? The boys are going to the lake house with their friends, so you can go. And then I'm like, crap, where is all my stuff, right? Like, now I need to go find all this stuff. It's going to take me forever to pack this stuff up. Maybe I can't even find it all. I, I literally have two uh, propane tank adapter hoses that will take like a 20-pound or a 5-pound propane tank and convert it to the proper uh, output for like my stove. And the reason I have two is because I couldn't find one for like a year. I bought one and I put it somewhere and I had no idea where I put it. So I was going on a trip and I really needed one. So I stopped at Walmart and I bought another one. So now I have two of them. I ended up finding it. It was in my last US bag, Happy Camper with my cooking stuff, which now that I think about it makes sense. But like I, at some point I put it in there and I just didn't think about why I was putting it in there and it just disappeared out of my memory banks. So, um, you know, so to, in order to sort of solve that, to give me like more permanent storage where I know, like I can, today I can tell you exactly what are all in my drawer system, which is what I'm talking about. That was my solution for it. Um, like in my drawers, I keep all the stuff for my awning. I keep an extra tarp just in case. So I've got it that I can make a wall on my awning. I could use it for like hammock camping, that sort of stuff. I keep toilet paper in there so I don't have to worry about do I have toilet paper. When I, if I get home and I've kind of run through it, I, I restock it. Um, I've got cooking stuff. I've got seasonings. I've got a couple of different pieces of canned goods from green beans to chili to like soups and that sort of stuff. So that if I literally ran out the door tomorrow and went out to go camping, I would at least not die. Right? Like I would have the minimum stuff that I know. I have my leveling blocks. I have some tools. I have my chainsaw. I have my axe. I have gloves. I have a handsaw just in case. Right? Like I have all this stuff in my drawer system, my stove, my fridge, permanently in the truck. There are some downsides to that, right? Like we all get that there, if you have a drawer system, then you lose that space to like carrying mulch or whatever. But that was a, a, a sacrifice I was willing to make because I go camping a lot. I go overlanding a lot. And whenever I can get a chance to get out, like the less thought I have to put into it and the less I have to worry about whether I've got everything, it was just a game changer for me to have a drawer system. So that was my solution to that in the Xterra um, to kind of solve for the size of my rig and the storage needs that I had um, and that sort of ease of packing. Um, another way that I solved that, and I've talked about this quite a bit, so I'm not going to go super deep into it, but like people are always like, man, why do you have a fancy expensive rooftop tent? And I'm like, you know, I've done ground tent stuff. You track mud and dirt in there. There's bugs in it all the time. Like they fail really frequently, at least the ones I buy, cause I buy really cheap ones, like a $50 Coleman pop-up tent, which I actually love. I really like that tent. It's perfect for my kids. I use it for my kids all the time, um, until the zippers fail. 
Um, but like that sort of stuff. But so for me, the rooftop tent was actually a huge storage solution for me because I used to have a sleeping bag and memory foam pads and a cot and a wool blanket and all this stuff that had to reside inside my truck and take up a ton of space. Well, now that stuff just lives permanently in the rooftop tent. So all that stuff moved out and now I have a ton more room for storage inside the truck. So for me and my application and the size of my rig and everything, that worked really well. I also like being up, having better views, being away from the bugs, you know, not having to worry about tracking that dirt and stuff in because you take your shoes off, you put them in the shoe bag on your way up. You know, like it's just a much better experience. Um, I don't, you know, in Indiana, we don't have a ton of bears and stuff. We do have some coyotes and things like that. But, like, I've never really had any problems with predators or anything, but I did go to West Virginia, and I woke up the next morning in my ground tent, and there was a big old pile of bear scat next to the tent, and I was like, well, that wouldn't have been fun, because I had a few beers last night, and I had no idea there was a bear around. Um, but so, again, having the rooftop tent is a safety thing, but it also helps me solve for the size of my rig and kind of some restrictions that I've got from a space standpoint. Beside my drawers to sort of make the most of the space that I've got, I built a little sort of like a, a rack, if you will, to the right of the drawer system where I store a little aluminum folding table because it fits perfectly besides the drawers. And I just use, I put two D-rings in there and a bungee cord and that holds it and keeps it from rattling. And it just holds it right to the side back there. So it sits right beside my drawer system out of the way. Um, and then on the left side, I've got my air compressor kind of stored away down beside it again, where it's totally accessible, easy to use, but it's taking advantage of that space that you can't really use for a whole lot else, but I can still have onboard air essentially for my truck while taking advantage of the space. And then as I kind of mentioned already, I removed the rear seat from the truck. That gave me, you know, a good amount more space um, to store stuff. It also allowed my drawer system full travel. So it's about 36 inches long, which at an Xterra is too long. It doesn't really fit that well. But that long drawer allows me to store all my recovery gear in the back of it, my stove in the front of it, down in the bottom. My fridge sits on top of it. And then now I have a five pound propane tank that sits behind my fridge. And that, that hose that I mentioned that I have two of snakes around the fridge right to where the plug-in for the stove regulator is. And it literally is right there. So I just pop that hose out, plug it in, turn on the propane, and I'm ready to cook. So it simplified things. It saved me a bunch of storage. It made it way easier to access things. And it made it quicker for me to get in and out to go on trips. So, you know, that is a thing that as I've gotten more experience, as I've, you know, sort of found necessities, necessary things that I need in order to have a good trip, I've sort of come up with inventions and things to solve those problems. So next, reliability issues, right? My Xterra has been extremely reliable and I'm super happy with it. A lot of folks with Forerunners and, you know, Land Cruisers and things like that. Extremely reliable vehicles, right? And that's great. But you still need, like you still have issues with gear reliability. So one of these that I'm kind of thinking of is my fridge was on that slider, like I mentioned. It's a wood drawer system with big 36-inch, 250-pound drawer slides. But the cord, basically, so what I was doing previously before this invention that I came up with was I had my cord going down, you know, through the bottom of the drawer system and then around the outside of it, and then it plugs into a plug in the back of my Xterra. The problem with that is every time you slide that in and out, in and out, the cord moves, gets a little discombobulated. And every once in a while, all of a sudden the drawer would just stop. And I would be literally like just crimping that cord in the sliders. Uh, so that became a big problem for me because I'm like, I don't want to have to try and track down a cord that's probably going to cost me 30 or 40 bucks for a $300 fridge. Like if this goes wrong, if I, if I cut this thing, I'm screwed. Um, so my solution to that is actually kind of 
ingenious, I think. But so what I did was I actually took a like a three-way DC splitter with some USB outputs too, and I actually zip-tied it to the headliner of my truck up towards the top of my fridge. Um, I'll put some B-roll here so you can kind of see this thing. I, I'm putting together, or may have dropped by now, another video that shows kind of some of the improvements, the inventions that I've made to the truck. Um, but that plugs into that plug that's always on in the back that I used to plug the fridge into. But now I have the fridge plugged into that, and I also have my rooftop tent plugged into it because my rooftop tent has a 50-amp Anderson plug. So I basically you know, bought a, an attachable plug for that and then wired it myself down into a DC plug. And that runs lights for the tent, and also I've got two USBs up built into the tent, which is awesome. Um, but so those two things are plugged into this splitter, right? And again, my cable kept getting crimped in there. So what I did was I actually I, I bound up the cable with like a, a zip tie, and uh, I bought a thing on Amazon. So I had this brilliant idea. You know those uh, those things that you like clip to your belt if you like work in an office complex and you have like a key card that you have to use all the time. It's like a retractable key card holder. Um, I bought one of those for like a two pack for like seven or eight bucks probably on Amazon. And then I basically looped the bottom of it around the cable, like the balled up cable. And I gave myself just enough room that the fridge could fully extend and then I could put it fully back. And what happens is I've got enough cord coming out to the splitter that that never really moves. Um, but what happens is as I push the fridge back in, it actually, the, the retractable uh, badge thing that's holding the cable goes back with it. So it holds that balled up cable and goes back with it so that it doesn't fall down behind the fridge and it doesn't get crimped up. But it also doesn't put pressure on the plug so that it comes unplugged. Um, so that was, I thought that was a pretty brilliant invention. It's super janky, it's super ghetto, right? But like for a couple bucks to solve that problem and prevent myself from destroying the fridge and possibly, you know, fouling up a bunch of food and or beer while I'm on a trip, you know, losing one of my really important components that I use on pretty much every trip, um, that was an invention, quote unquote, that I came up with to solve that problem. And I, I personally think it's cool. Um, you know, like the battery issue. When you're on a trip, especially if you're going to be in the same place for a couple days and you're running a fridge and you're charging accessories like phones and headphones and, you know, whatever else, kids' iPads, that kind of thing, um, you can get yourself into trouble where you kill your battery on accident. So, again, my solution for that was hood-mounted solar panel. Feeds right into my Odyssey AGM battery. And then as long as I'm in the sun all day, it's constantly just pumping. It's a 100-watt panel. It's constantly just pumping power back into that battery and keeping it topped off when I'm at home not on trips you know I used to have to go out and start the thing every few days just to make sure that the battery didn't just randomly die because it wasn't being used now the solar I go out there all the time and <clears throat> just out of habit now and it still has 14.2 volts every single time I get in the truck because the solar is just keeping it topped off which is awesome um, so I'm really proud of that and then like <clears throat> sometimes though it may not need to be something that you build or, or invent per se it may be like something that you just get that solves the problem. So as a backup to my backup, as a backup to my solar, I've got a NOCO GB40, which is just essentially like a, a little lithium battery that's a jump starter for your car. And I've had to use it like two different times. That was prior to me, you know, hooking up the solar to it. Since I've had the solar, I haven't had any problems with the battery. But um, before that, I did. I mean, frequently I would wake up and I'd have a dead battery. But, and I'd be like, oh, crap. I'm by myself. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but with that NOCO, you know, again, I just I spent like 70 bucks, 80 bucks on it on Amazon. It's a great peace of mind to have with you. Just plug it in, you know, alligator clamp it to your battery. Turn it on and let it sit there for a couple seconds. And then turn the key and it starts right up. 
Um, so it doesn't always have to be a, like a, a handmade, handcrafted invention. It could just be a piece of gear that solves a problem and helps you overcome that, like, you know, those necessities, those, those issues that you've had in the past. So last, environmental challenges, right? There's a variety of these, and these will all kind of depend on where you live and what kind of trips you take and that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm just going to list out a few that have kind of necessitated the mods that I've made to my truck. Um, to encounter those or to overcome those challenges, right? So, I mean, the basic stuff, right? A lift, bigger tires, just so I can go to more places. I've got armor under the truck to protect all the vital components so that I don't have to worry about a breakdown as much out in the middle of nowhere because I'm armored up and I'm not worried about tapping a rock on my diff or something like that, busting an oil pan, anything like that. Um, so, you know, modifications to your rig to make it more capable, to make it safer, sliders, armor, bumpers, that kind of stuff, a winch. All those kind of things are important and, you know, things that you'll learn as you go through time based on the trips that you take and based on your rig. Um, you know, I have two chainsaws, which seems really strange. And you're probably going to say, why the heck does he have two chainsaws? Well, so it was a whole evolution for me. Like, I started with an axe. I had a Fiskars 31-inch axe that I took everywhere with me. And then I came across a down, like, 8 or 10-inch thick tree. And it took me 15, 20 minutes to chop it on this thing and about having a heart attack to get through this stupid thing. And then I'd use my winch to pull it. Like I just literally cut it one time down the middle. And then I'd use my winch and kind of maneuver the truck and like pull this tree out of the way. And it was it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work to get through this thing. Whereas if I had had a chainsaw, I could have just been like, whoop, whoop, and then move the, the middle piece out and gone right through, right? Um, so I bought an electric because one, I'm cheap, right? And it was about 120 bucks. I have a Black & Decker 20 volt. I'll put links in the description below. Great chainsaw. Love the chainsaw. I've got three batteries for it. I bought two backups and it came with one. So I've got three batteries. So I can cut for about an hour with the thing before I'm out of battery juice. But again, I can recharge it off, you know, an inverter. Um, but so that was a great little pickup. However, I go a lot in the winter. Batteries don't do so well in the winter. They're harder to charge. They don't hold a charge as long. They don't hold as much of a charge. So after a couple of winters with that thing, I've kind of been like, man, I really kind of wish I had a gas chainsaw. And... What I really use the electric for is like processing camp firewood. So like cutting up down trees, dead trees, things like that, just to make the processing easier. Um, I use that. It's quiet. It doesn't disturb other people. It's not as loud. But now I have a cheap Amazon chainsaw that I bought, about 100 bucks, 90 bucks, um, that's gas. And the thing is just a little champ. It just cuts through everything. Instead of a 10-inch bar like on my electric, it has an 18-inch bar, so I can get through pretty much anything. So... The way I see it is if I go to the Ozarks, if I go out west somewhere and I come across, you know, some really wooded areas with some a lot of downed trees and stuff, as long as I've got fuel and oil and bar oil, you know, like I'm in pretty good shape. I don't have to worry about my batteries dying on the electric. I don't have to hand chop stuff. I've got an option. And so that came from the necessity of having to cut through down trees and having to have something that will work in the winter when my electric doesn't work as well. Um, so that's kind of why I have two chainsaws. Um... <clears throat> You know, that's also why I have a pop-up fire pit. I always thought, oh, that's dumb. We have fire pits in Indiana anyways. And all our dispersed sites there are like stone fire pits, right? Like just stones laid in a circle, basically. And you can just make a fire. But then as I went in winter, it's, you know, it sort of sucks the heat out of it. It's harder to get it started on the ground. It's not as efficient. There's more smoke from it, more steam, that kind of stuff. Um, and if you go to some place, again, out of necessity, right? You go to like a campground or something where maybe they don't have a fire pit or like an expo where... You know, it's it's more just like in a field, and, and if you want to have a fire, you have to be careful, and you have to have it up off the ground. That's why I ended up getting a fire pit, uh, a pop-up fire pit that's off the ground, right? And I love that thing. It's great. 
Um, and then like an awning, right? So just kind of the last thing I want to touch on here, an awning is, again, for rain, for snow, for sun. If it's really super hot and sunny and you want to set up a table underneath your awning, that's something that's attached to your vehicle that you have on you all the time. If you need it, boom, you pop it out. Like mine is a freestanding OVS unit, and it's awesome. It's freestanding. It's really easy to set up. It's really quick to do. If I'm by myself, which is 95% of the time, it's really easy for me to do by myself. Um, it's easy to pack back down and take out too. So it's been great. It's been amazing. But if it rains, stuff like that in the past, it's pouring down rain and I'm messing with my tough stuff and I'm trying to like wrestle underneath of it and get it set up. And it just wasn't as adjustable. It wasn't as, as useful. It wasn't as quick to pack down. So I left it up and then it broke. Um, so again, as I got more experience with that stuff, as I learned more from that stuff, that's when I kind of made changes or came up with inventions or came up with better ways to do it. So again, that was that was pretty much the episode there, guys. I hope that was helpful for some of you guys. But again, I'd love to hear from you guys down in the comments. What have you done? What kind of inventions have you come up with? I've seen a ton from you guys that have reached out to me previously that have done really cool, super cool stuff. Um, so again, I'd love to hear from you and find out what you guys are doing. Um, but if you aren't already, make sure to click that subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. Um, if you don't listen to the podcast, but you're in the podcast, definitely click through that link below and go check that out. If you're on the podcast, want to come over to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, any of those places, come check me out there too. Um, there's also a link to the store. I do have a bunch of like overlanding patches and stickers and things like that. So if you're into that, definitely hit that up as well. Oh, and before I forget, I was going to give you a bonus. So the new thing, the new invention that I've had in my mind for a little while that I'm, I'm actually kind of starting to try and engineer is, so I don't really have a good way to store fuel. And I had the, the fuel thing on the back, but I really didn't like it because I had to take the gas can out every single time. So I've actually mangled that up and cut it up to make room for my last US bags trash bag now. Sits sort of on the what was the Smitty Belt um, gas can holder. So I no longer have that. A 20 liter jerry can is too big to put on the side of your truck. But that's about the only place that I have room to put anything. So the idea that I kind of had recently, especially with my Unistrut roof rack that kind of sticks out past the edge of my Xterra, is I want to use Unistrut again. I really love the Unistrut. It's easy to work with. It's cheap. Um, what I kind of want to do is I want to build a Rotopax mount that's removable that could attach to the Unistrut roof rack via like a couple of bolts or maybe like some of those twist, those hand twist knobs with like a, a Unistrut bolt. Um, and then like what I'm thinking is at the bottom of it, because I don't really want to drill into the side of my truck, what I'm thinking is like some really heavy duty magnets and like some rubber. So that it keeps it from scratching the truck or moving back and forth or vibrating or rattling on the side of the truck. But so basically some strong magnets behind rubber inside that Unistrut that will keep it firmly on the side of the truck. But so that I could then undo those hand knobs at the top, pop the thing off. So that would be the bolting, right? That would be what would actually hold the the uh, rotopacks to the top of the truck, to the roof rack. Um, but then have some super heavy duty magnets. So I basically like go clunk, set it on the side of the truck with let's say like some L brackets on the top with holes in them where those knobs go and just some permanently affixed bolts with maybe like some lock nuts that hold them in place with enough thread above them for the, the locking bits to go. And basically like set that down on there so it magnetizes to the side of the truck and then holds a roto back. So it's not so thick like a jerry can, but then I've got a backup. I've got a fuel backup that I could remove from the truck. So like if I'm not on a trip, I don't really necessarily want to leave it on there. Um, but then I could pop it back on, take it off. So that's kind of an idea I've been, I've been messing with. So you may see something from that here in the future. Um, so that's the bonus. So I hope you enjoyed that. You're probably going to say that's crazy, and it probably is. So, you know, give me comments in the description below. Let me know what you guys think. Um, but again, thanks for watching, listening on the podcast, as always. Um, appreciate you guys. So we will see you next week. Take care.